busy? Mm-mm. Okay, let me run something past you real quick. I ain't gonna hold you. I am rattled, stirred up. I'm talking sn- rattlesnake flow at this point. And whenever I feel that stirring, it is best that when I call you and you answer this phone, for me to just put a little disclaimer out to say, you know what, I ain't gonna hold you. I'm stirred up to the maximum, okay? Ready to pour, if you will. Deep breath in and out. You ever had a situation occur and you felt a sense of freedom, but you knew that freedom doesn't just come by easily. You have to do some things to maintain that freedom, that level of healed. Well, I got that little reminder today, okay? I am clear that healing is an action word. So let me give you a little backdrop. My husband, with his act of service, loving self, because that's his wife's love language, went ahead and did uh, the husband in duty of detailing and cleaning out my car. <laughs> that brings a little sunshine to my soul, if you will. And so he got to the portion of the trunk, and I had came outside at that point, and he's like, okay, just tell me, because my husband is a, listen, he will sell the barn, okay? Everything will be tea for trash, as he says. <laughs> and so he has to sometimes, you know, chime me in to say, okay, are these brand new shoes trash because they're in a box and they're in, their, in your trunk? And so that equates to trash to me. So I had to go through and verbally sort and say, no, that's not trash. I can do something with that. No, those are too small, but I can cut them and make them shorts. And we got to the portion of a photo of... Of my mother now if you've been listening to any of our conversations thus far you will know that my mother and I have always had uh, a toxic relationship that I had to go ahead and resolve and sit closely with God and just become a student of all things forgiveness and healing for myself because let me explain something to you. You don't know forgiveness and healing until you had to do it with someone who is not, not present. There's one thing to say, I don't fool with such and such no more, so I'm just going to have to get this healing by myself. It's another thing to say, this person is no longer breathing. They're no longer living, and I'm going to have to figure out a way to get healed from the things that they did to me while they still were here. That's a whole nother healing. You have no idea. Yeah, it it requires for you to really sit at the foot of God like Mary and say, you are going to have to teach me how to do this because if not, I will live with the scars that this person left me and they are no longer breathing. I'm talking about a whole different realm. So there was a photo of my mother. And you know what? Pause right there. Hand clap of praise for me. Hand clap of praise. Seriously, because you do not even understand how hard it was for me a couple of years ago to even use the word mother when referencing her. Yeah, that's how serious it was. Like, yeah, that, that's how crucial. I used to call her her first name, still refer to her as her first name. But let me explain something to you. When I came to a point of healing and all things restoration, my thing was I was not going to be taunted by something that was truth. You see what I'm saying? On my birth certificate, it says mother. Whenever I have to refer back to my medical history, when I go to the, you know, PCP, primary care physician, or my GYN, or what have you, they always want to know my family history. And guess who I always have to reference? 
my mother. And so when I got to the point of wisdom where I said, I'm not going to be taunted by something that is truth. I'm not going to be taunted by something that is inevitable. Breathing or not, she still has that title. And so I am not shaking or in any kind of bondage by something that I have accepted. It is the truth. The end. Let's just move forward. It's how I went ahead and dealt with that in my soul. You can be upset, you can, but I didn't feel like I had one, but she wasn't the mother that I needed. Or we, can, we can put all the emotionalism into it, but when you go ahead and settle your emotion and the dust clears, you still have the foundation of that's your mother. You know, I'm not saying mommy, I'm not saying mother dearest. Her title in my life is mother. So hand clap of praise for me. Now proceed and resume. So the photo was there. Now the reason why the photo was even in my trunk because some some years ago I went ahead and made the decision I didn't want that photo in my house no more. Mm, just didn't. Now I have photo albums of me, you know, teenagehood that I have certain photos of her that really doesn't, mm, I don't really think that does anything because it's not that in your face reminder as I'm walking past certain portions of my home. So it, that doesn't rattle me. There are photos of her. She won't be blotted and blemished from my entire bloodline. My great grandkids will know, oh, you did have a mother and this is her face, like kind of thing. But just to have that in your face plaque, I, I didn't want that. So I had to ask a family member some time ago, like, hey, can I mail this to you? And for whatever the reason, just didn't get to it. Like, it's in the postmark, whatever that thing is that you can mail, the envelopes that you can mail, the actual photos where it doesn't get damaged and all that. And it's a beautiful pla- It's a beautiful picture. I'm not even going to hold you. I don't even look at it and go, ugh, the ugliest person in the world. You know, it. it it's a nice picture. I think she was about 16 years old, um, had the old school hairstyle. You know, it, it, it looks great. But for what it represents to my soul, I need to do something else with it. And I could have done a malicious act or an act of, <gasps> when someone would want to clutch their pearls like, you threw it away. And that would have been my right and that would have been my business. But I figured, you know what, I know how my family is about photos. And I know that there's someone else in the family that has a different connection to her than I did. So what I was doing was I was scouting, hmm, who could have wanted? So I sent out a particular tech message to a particular family member. And I said, hey, have this picture of her. Wanted to see, do you want it? Or I'm going to go ahead and ask my uncle or, you know, and I'm going through the ranks. And the question posed to me was, well, why don't you want it? Now, <laughs> let me say something to you. A couple of versions ago of myself, because I feel like I am low-key iOS, like I am updating to the point that people got to buy new software to keep up with me. You're going to have to buy a new device to keep up with the way that I internally ensure that I am growing and I'm updating. So a couple of updates ago, I probably would have took the time to explain and reopen my wound and show this, you know, the, the, the scarring thereof and give all the elements. But let me explain something to you. Fast forward to who I am now, who I am today. I just made it a brief statement of that's a silly question. And let me place my finger right there. Part of your healing is taking a posture of I don't owe anybody any explanation and not 
malicious, not angry, not neck rolling, not finger in your face. I wish somebody would. I don't got to explain myself to no one. No, if there is a softness when it comes to peace, my friend. There is a delicacy that comes with knowing mm, why. Why even give off that energy? <laughs> why even go down that road? Why even give memory that kind of lane? Why? And so the power in maintaining your healing is just this softness that comes with, I won't revisit my previous haunted house. I'm just not doing it. Point blank, the period, explanation mark, however you want to end it, your grammatical choice. You see what I'm saying? But immediately, I will go ahead and be honest with you. When I did give off, you know, my softness, like that's a silly question. Then there came more questions of, well, where is she buried? Does anybody visit her? This, that. Again, questions that I didn't even want to frequent. I, I think my aunt visits her. I'm not sure. AKA, I am all the way in another state. <laughs> Even if I was in the same state, to be honest with you, I don't think I would have ever visited. I think that I can't even, I don't think we ever, no, I don't think I ever visited, but I'll go ahead and give my absolute truth to you this one time for free because I feel, you know, led to. Um, I am not a visit the burial site kind of person. No kind of demerits to anyone else who does that. But my understanding is that this person is sleep. The person that I have known is not in this particular shell anymore. And until God comes and they call them up, this person, this is just a, you know how back in the days in the Bible, they would go, okay, you know, place an altar here for whatever they wanted to remember. You know, this is the time that the Lord went ahead and did that thing for us. And this is the time. So to me, tombstones are altars they are things that you can actually and not in a you go and worship but there are memorabilia that you could say mm, I remember this person that's why it has their birthday and the date of death and their name and all that stuff it's just say oh I remember I am not the person that wants to go to that particular way of um, just displaying the dead it's not a com comfortability thing it's just a comfortability thing for me I'm just, I'm not that one. I didn't do it for my brother when he passed. I didn't, my grandmother's cremated, God bless her. She, I think she knew. And I do, from time to time, I'm not going to hold you. I go back and forth with, I don't want nobody visiting a shell of me, you know, in the burial. But I know that I don't want to be cremated. So those are the only options. Like, if you could put me in a pill without burning, you know, they come up with a new way, you know, by the time 3010 occurs, because that's when I plan on checking out. But anyway, I'm getting off track. So that those questions were asked of me. Does anyone, you know, um, visit her and, you know, all these other things. And and I guess it was just like, I don't know how many times I have to explain to this particular family member that I did not have the experience that you had with your mother. So my experience and is way different, which means that my actions and the output thereof is going to look different. So just because you had a completely different upbringing, a completely different friendship, association, mother-daughterhood, however you want to coin it, please don't look at my actions and view them as weird to you when you didn't have my experience. And so that led me down a rabbit trail of all things thoughts that I was like, what is this notion that people feel like 
one scar, two scar, however scarred, but you should be able to go back and frequent or have these this normalized living as they see it and just be okay with what happened to you. And I'm like, this is outrageous. And and you know what? Pause real quick. I had her picture up at some point and in a previous location that I lived in, hence why it was in my car, because when I was taking things down, I was like, I don't think that I want this picture up. Pictures for me means so much. It documents a time and space where I was. It represents a person that I honor or that I have, you know, high accolades for. I have a picture of uh, Obama in him still in my home, but it represents such a, like we made it, like, oh, like it's just, a, and have never met the man, nor them babies in the picture. But what it represents to me brings a joy and it sparks the happiness and all of that. And so I told myself, I only want photos that do that for me. Unfortunately, the beautiful picture that my mother took at 16 doesn't embark that for me. It doesn't spark that at all. So I said, okay, what we're not going to do is just be in the act of doing a thing because it looks good on the outside. Like, oh, you have a picture of your mother up. And the weirdest thing is that I think I actually said that when I had a caseload and was in my, my social work zone. I had a woman that said she her mother passed and her mother had this huge, like, I don't know. You remember back in the days when we took the graduation photos and you can get the 16 by 20s and that was considered huge. But she had this huge photo that the only where that she can put it was over her fireplace because she inherited it once her mom passed. And this older woman said to me that she doesn't even go into that location of her home. She doesn't even go near the fireplace because she can't stand the feelings that she feels when she goes near the fireplace and I just thought then why are you keeping yourself in bondage and I don't remember her answer but I guarantee you that if I was to go back and ask it was because well that's what you're supposed to do right it's your mother you're going to hold yourself in bondage because that's what you're supposed to do I'm sorry whatever name list that I could possibly be on that represents that please cross me out because I don't subscribe and I had to go back in my memory and just have God just jog some things in my heart that I'm like why do people have this notion that you are supposed to revisit your haunted house once you're healed as if you're supposed to be some type of superman and nothing's supposed to you know make you feel some type of way now so go ahead and go back to your oppressor go ahead and go back to the hurtful place and feel absolutely nothing because although you're human you're healed so what's the problem who did that so I had to go back to Luke six twenty eight because I was Googling and, and looking up and going through the Bible and I'm like give me a word because it has to make sense because where do we get this? Either it's a cliche, and I know that I don't subscribe to it, but give me something to debunk it. So Luke 6, 28, the NIV version, because you know I usually read in the NLT, says, bless those who curse you, pray for those who mistreat you. As much as I looked through the Bible, I couldn't find nothing that said, also go back to the place where you are harmed the most. Also have these memorabilia, uh, just anything, picture, however, have these reminders of hurt around you because I healed you now I can't find it bless those who curse you pray for those who mistreat you these are all things that happen in a spiritual realm meaning 
if someone is talking bad about you, if someone has something to say about you and they're speaking poorly of you with their words, your duty is to not match that. That you say, you know what, even if you choose to say nothing at all, that's a blessing right there. Silence is golden. Silence says a lot. You know such and such said blah, blah, blah about you. Mm. God bless them. Boom, you just did your part. Because you could have went ahead and toyed with that level of petty. You could have got on your Betty Crocker, your Petty Crocker, if you will. You could have got on it, a little petty spaghetti real quick, put some extra sauce on it, because apparently that's how you like your pasta, ma'am. You could have stooped to that level, but you didn't. That's all that sentence is saying, bless those who curse you. That, that was the practicalism of it right there. And pray for those who mistreat you. Now, we may take that as a, oh, Father, bless them and, you know, make sure they get the car that they want and blah, blah, blah. And in your mind, logic is like, bruh, I can't. That don't make no sense to me. No, you know what that actually could look like in a practical sense? It could look a lot like, God, I am hurting because of what such and such did. And I know that you know what they did. But as you are working on healing this hurt in me, I pray that they never hurt another individual like this again. I pray that they have no more victims. I pray that they wake up to their own pain and heal whatever that is inside of them that makes them want to hurt people the way that I was hurt. I pray that you go ahead and you make them uncomfortable with having that mean spiritedness. I pray that you bring somebody into their path to change that whole way of thinking, that whole way of dealing with people. I pray that whatever it is that they need, need God to fix that about them that you give it to them meet their needs their basic needs and their wants like you go ahead and just do what needs to be done God because I understand that this is your child but I do want to bring to your attention that I'm hurt because of what your child did but I will never ask that you bring on a wrath or anything that you don't have in your plan to do but God again I'm your child they're your child but just do what needs to be done God for their lives you hear how different that sounds and oh my goodness, here you are praying for somebody who mistreated you, but still keeping it real, still adhering to your truth that hurt you. So tell dad, you know, it's not, you know, like how it was when you was growing up with your siblings or your cousins or whatever. It's not tattletelling when you're telling God, you know, like don't even look at yourself like that. But seriously, did you hear how different that sound? And so I even look back with Moses. I'm like, when he got called out, for trying to defend the Hebrews and then tried to like, hey, you know, let's not, you know, this, this black on black crime, like, bro, don't, we, we shouldn't be hurting each other. And they had something to say to him. It was like, oh, what you going to do, kill me like you killed the Egyptian the other day? It was like, oh, I'm sorry. And he, he hit the running man and never looked back, right? And the only time that God asked him to go back was to go free other people from their burdens. And even Moses was like, but when I go, who do I say sent me? He was like, tell him I am. I was like, okay, you know what? At this point, like God didn't ask him to do that six months after he left. God didn't ask Moses to go back even a year. It was 40 years later. SpongeBob for flow. 40 years later. <laughs> Literally. That God was like, okay, big dog, at this point, I think that you're mature enough and you're in an emotional space and whatever God's reason was, but it was like, this is the time that I want you to go back. And God had you in mind 40 years ago to go ahead and do it. But understanding that 
revisiting your haunted house sometimes, your place of oppression, your place of originating hurt. Sometimes it's not easy. And even God knew that. And so he waited 40 of them things, 40 years to ask Moses to go back. But go back with a purpose. Don't go back to go ahead and vacate there. No, I'm not asking you to go through the palace and be like, hey, Pharaoh, remember me? Yeah, I know. Got a little stomach now. But what up, though? Yeah. No, I got kids now. Nobody, we not going out there to congregate with nobody. We on a mission. You in and you back out once the mission is completed. But no, somebody will go ahead and have you thinking you're supposed to go back in your to your ex and have no problem having a conversation and the person that you had kids with and it was a toxic relationship when you were with them that you're supposed to just be able to sit at that graduation and at that picnic and whatever to have you and just be fine why are you feeling anything show your teeth smile (laughs) for the gram or whatever it is and you're supposed to be you know teflon why are you feeling anything you know you only had kids by them. You only reproduced and pushed out and did whatever with them. You only had this this particular life-changing experience with them. Why do you feel? People will talk you into a situation where you find yourself like, okay, time out. Is something wrong with me? Or maybe I'm not all the way healed because I should be able to move on. It's been years now. Yeah, but you know what? Parenting is a life-changing situation. Love is a life-changing situation. Relationships are life-changing situations. And if you feel some type of way, then no, you shouldn't be following such and such on any social media platform. No, if you find out that y'all still have mutual friends, then they everyone needs to courtesy you and be like, hey, listen, real quick, such and such is going to be there. And then you have to go ahead and manage your healing. And maybe you can't go to that particular outing. Maybe you do need to go ahead and put them on a block party list on your telephone, cell phone, however you want to do it. You may have to go ahead and make it real clear that whatever place you frequent, if you could possibly see them, you have to manage your healing better. I know you love Starbucks, okay? But if you know that it's a possibility you may see them again, then you're going to have to go out of your way to manage your healing. Backstabbing friends, once they apologize, do you just go back to doing what you were doing before, giving them your deepest, darkest secrets, being vulnerable with them again? Who told you to do that? Where's the wisdom being utilized in that transaction? Yes, you forgive people. Yes, you go ahead and say, you know what, for whatever the reason, it don't even got to be a good one. I'm just going to go ahead and give you the excuse of, oh, that grandbaby didn't know no better. Because clearly if you did, I don't want to believe that you purposely went out of your way to maliciously do that, even though the act feels very malicious. I'm going to give you the grace and say, that grandbaby didn't mean no better. But what I will do, what this grandbaby will do, is go ahead and make sure that I manage my healing with maximum um, wisdom. So no, there won't, it won't be the same. Do apologize. And that's why I am a... I'm an MD in the spirit. Let me tell you something. I will snip and scapple somebody out of my life immediately, not because of anger, but because I'm just clear. I know that we all have a time-limited situation on this thing called earth. Why would I spend it having people around me that don't make this experience just as fruitful as I want it to be? Absolutely not. There's no way. I, I don't even see how people do it. Somebody did something to you. You know how hard it is to heal from, man, I would have never did that to you. 
I would have never treated you that way. I would have never went out of my way to do that. How did you even have the heart, the, the gusto to even do that? Do you know how hard it is to get over that hump? Then you want to give yourself another hump of, I always see this face around me. I know that you probably want it to be different, but let me explain something to you. When someone shows you their spot, stop putting concealer on it. They are who they are. And now you get the direct, creative director of your life seat to say, where do you fit in my life, if at all? That don't make you mean. That don't make you petty. That don't mean that you're not unhealed. That makes you wise. It makes you wise. You know how many people in the family know that some dirt, some incest, some something went down between two family members and they continue to act like they don't know anything about that elephant in the room and you're supposed to just be normal around that? Who told you that? Whatever lie that that, that subscription is on, cancel my subscription. I'm not doing it. I don't care if it's father, mother, uncle, that one time he didn't know, he used to drink. I don't, whatever it is, you no longer have to manage your life with the haunted house as the backdrop. No, you don't, get, you don't have to do that. Unless you are led, which I have never seen thus far in the Bible or anywhere successfully being done in, in a walking, waking life. I have never seen it where you heal for something and then God wanted you to go back and just fester in that. Isn't that the whole reason why Abraham had to roll up his sleeves on his robe real quick and go ahead and get Lot out of Sodom and Gomorrah? Because it was like, sir, I don't care how non-Sodom and Gomorrah you are. You can't keep going back to that same place. Period. Did you hear the enunciation? I did every syllable there. Did you hear that? It stirs me because I feel like people will keep you in bondage with good intentions. But that's your mother. But you don't know what, what I had to live through. But that's your father. But you don't want to speak on what he did to me. But that's your uncle. So where were you when he did this thing? Did you protect me from it? So if you didn't protect me from it, and if you don't have a say-so on how I can live wiser the rest of my life, then you don't get to point me on how I should do a thing that you don't have to do, that you don't have to heal from. I'm managing my own freedom. You should do the same. You feel me? Sometimes you got to get a little bit crunk. Like I told somebody the other day, God is both the lion and the lamb. Sometimes you can't approach raw with a lamb-like mentality. Sometimes you can't. Sometimes you got to match that. You know what? When it comes to my healing, I'm not going to be soft. When it comes to me getting over emotional things, I'm not going to be quiet and timid and meek. That's not the time to be meek. Sometimes you got to let somebody know Rockwaller status. Like, listen, when it comes to this, step off. And maybe that's not even a conversation that needs to be had. Maybe that's just a posture you have to take. When it comes to this part of my life, nobody gets to give me their great idea. Nobody gets to give me any kind of advice. I don't take advice on places that I healed from. Because my healing didn't come from people. So I don't take advice from people in the places that I'm healed. Period. Right? Addictions. Yeah, you went ahead and went to those programs. You went ahead and, and did whatever needed to be done so that you can get to a place in your life that you're like, you know what, I am going to be sober. 
don't want to keep playing this game of hurting people, hurting myself. I don't like it. My core, my natural wiring, I do care. So I don't want to keep putting things in action that looks like I don't. So you know what managing your healing probably means in that? That you don't have the number to the local drug dealer. That the people that still use, either they're going to have the grace and the wisdom enough to know I can't use around you or they just go ahead and say I can't have this friendship maybe the friendship needs to be over the phone in the moment that they start talking about something that even triggers your haunted house you say you know what I'm good I'll call you back and I'm not gonna say later because you're gonna think it's later on this day but I would just call you back and you leave that open but you have to manage your healing you have to manage your healing and you don't get to get a vibe let people pass by the fact that you went through some real tough terrain to get there people never see the act of the healing but always want to tell you how you should act because they think you healed bars holy spirit style i just i can't even take no credit for that that was kind of good i do want to put it in a rap on a quick 16 bars but i don't rap but do you get what i'm saying and if you hadn't noticed to this point, I'm going to go ahead and just make it clear. I am stirred up when people try to keep people in bondage. We are all working on something that feels a lot like, whew, my goodness. And I just think that it is a tragedy to go ahead and tell somebody else, subliminally or not, how they should handle a thing that you didn't experience. If somebody got bit by a camel, okay, great. Yeah, let's just go all the way left. Someone got bit by a camel and just decided, you know what? Probably don't want to do any more camel rides. Myself as a person who doesn't frequent the camel, okay, on a basis that I need to be giving advice, should never be telling someone, yeah, but you know what? At least pet it. I'm sorry. And you know what the most... What the saddest thing is about this whole thing is that sometimes people are leading you back to bondage with good intentions. Why don't you want the picture of your mother? Because her face evokes pain. I healed her in the spiritual realm, but my soul remembers the 26 years of the pain that I had with her. So I don't want memorabilia of that in my home. So stop forwarding me pictures and, oh, look at that one time. And, you know, this person sends me photos. You remember this picture? You remember that picture? You know, and probably because to them, it's a happy memory. To me, you're leading me back, possibly intentionally, unintentionally rather, to a place of bondage. And I don't want to go there. I saw the great lengths that God took to get the Israelites out of Egypt. And I never, ever, ever, ever saw that God was like, you know what? It's time to go back and face your oppressor. It's time to go back and, and, and say, Pharaoh, I'm bigger now. You can't do nothing to me. What's up? Let's go. Shoot fire, bro. Like, I don't, I, I don't see it even being a, hey, let's go back and vacate in Egypt. I didn't see that it was, you know what? I never got a chance to tell Pharaoh what I really wanted to say. And for some reason, we do that in relationships. We do that in family. We do that in our own personal lives in different areas. And the question is, why? Is that a proper way to manage your healing? 
Forget that old stinking thinking advice that somebody gave long ago because we saw somebody in a weird state go, oh, look at that family, you know, blending uh, picture. I don't know how Swiss Beast's wife was able to go on vacation with Alicia Keys, knowing that Alicia Keys did what she did with Swiss Beast while he was still married to Mashonda. Mashonda had a really hard time, which is Swiss Beast's ex-wife, really hard time dealing with all that. She wrote a letter. She did all these different things. But now, you know, you can go ahead and Google and see pictures of Swiss Beast and Alicia Keys kissing and Shonda is a lawn chair away. So sometimes we look at that level of weirdness and go, wow, she better than me. Well, you know what? If she wants to paint that, slap that uh, image on as healing, and if that's not her truth, then I feel sorry for her. But if that is the way that she manages her healing, because when she had to let go of Swiss bees. They didn't break up. She had to let go of him because he already made the decision. Listen, I'm finna marry this other woman. Have a nice day. Um, at some point, I don't know how she got over that healing, that pain. And to be honest with you, I don't think pain ever goes away. It just gets managed. But if she wants to be front row seat to her hunted house, praise God for her. But I don't aspire that level of, um, that's what it should look like. She is not my bar setter in any of the sort. And don't you let nobody else tell you how that should look. God will give you the instructions that are needed for your healing. And it don't look like a copy and paste of somebody else's. Because half of the things that half of these people are doing, they still not healed from it. I was getting ready to tell you something about somebody's grandbaby, but I already told you we're going to be responsible when we have these conversations. It is not a forum for gossip, but it is a breakthrough of revelation. I tell you these stories, especially my own, so that I can get you by the ears and say, listen to me and wake up. You don't know who's smiling on social media and then crying at night because they feel yet again embarrassed. You don't know who has the shackles to their past 1960, whatever the date is. You have no idea. Do not look at somebody else's act and call that healing and then aspire to that. I'm sorry, I just rolled my eyes at you. It's not at you, it's at the situation at hand. It's them, okay? You know what these, like, these conversations are. <laughs> They're life-provoking conversations, conversations that when we have it, you're like, you know what? I'm not even going to hold you. That was pure facts. I feel I feel a little bit like you, you talking at me. I feel like the anger is at me. But I do understand you having these conversations because you understand that each one teaches one. And when I get to the fountain of any kind of youth, any kind of wisdom, I'm coming back. Harry and Tupman's down. I'm taking you with me. So keep your phone nearby because you always know when it rings, it's your favorite homegirl. I'll talk to you later. Later.